Bits and Bricks. Welcome to Bits and Bricks, a podcast about all things Lego games. I'm Ethan Vincent. And I'm Brian Crescenti. Together, we look back at the rich 25-year history of Lego games, chat with early developers as well as seasoned studios who have all tackled the creation of video games for one of the most popular and respected toy companies in the world, the Lego Group. Why, hello, Brian. Hey, how's it going? It is going very well, as you can tell, because we are both in our Christmas sweaters right next to the fire, all cozy, and we are just getting ready for the holidays here, aren't we? Yes, and I want to I wanna describe my ugly holiday sweater because I'm so proud <laughs> of it. Yes. It's, it's a unicorn, mm-hmm. uh, of course, and it has little lights that light up, mm-hmm. and the unicorn nice. is... Um, oh, what's a nice way of putting this? It is ex- extruding pieces of candy violently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see, I see. It's it's having that holiday overload uh, yes. moment, right, where it's just too much. Too much, too much holiday sweets. Yes. Do you have traditions and stuff? Uh, any favorite movies or things that you watch to kind of get ready for, for the holiday season? Yeah, totally. Yeah, we, man, we are huge fans of the movie Elf, of course. Oh, we are too. Elf. Yes. Um, and and uh, I think a lot of people, uh, especially our generation, love A Christmas Story, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah. And I actually recently decided I really wanted to go back and watch um, The Grinch with... Huh. Um, with, Jim Carrey? Or? Yeah, with Jim Carrey, which I think is yeah. is a classic. He's, he's so great in that movie. I love it. So he what is, about you? What do, you do you like have things that you watch? Oh, yeah. We, we love Elf as well. I mean, I, I love the scene where, um, you know, he's getting the candy off the subway. Yes. And chewing gum that's old that always gets a great laugh. And also how he answers the phone. Yes. It's just so great. There's so many wonderful moments. And it never goes old. I mean, it's, it's one of those fun Christmas evergreen movies for sure. Yes. You know, you, know what, you know what movie we can't watch? Huh. And I think, well, it's hard to watch. That is the Star Wars Christmas special. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that. Um, it's funny how that's this cultural phenomenon and this bootleg that showed up out of nowhere, and now you see reference to it everywhere. Um, but boy, was that a <laughs> crazy kind of thing! You, if you <laughs> have you ever actually watched the whole thing? Yes. Well, I watched it when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, and I, at the time, loved it. I've gone back and watched it. Um, oh my gosh! And yeah, it's ooh, it's painful. It just doesn't make sense sometimes, too, right? Where it's just it just jumps all over and does all kinds of crazy things. Yes. But it was in that really interesting period right after Star Wars went huge, you know, not huge enough to be a cult classic and to be, you know, unattainable. And someone had the idea of this Christmas variety show, right? That's like, yes. hey, let's make it fun, you know, sing and dance and bring in the stormtroopers. Yeah, and uh, and celebrate Life Day, which was this sort of, <laughs> I guess, generically created holiday, which has, uh, pardon the pun, taken on a life of its own. Yes. Well, we have a movie that we are looking at, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special is what it's called, mm-hmm. which is a holiday special. And, you know, that was funny because that was the first thought I have. It's like, wow, this is probably in reference to the Star Wars TV holiday special. So have you seen the Lego Star Wars holiday special trailer? I have, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I also watched the movie, of course. 
Yes, yes, I have too. And it's it's quite fun. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I think it's one of those things that's going to be fun to watch with the kids and uh, kind of get ready for the holidays. So let's, uh, let's take a listen to that trailer. Yes. Twas the night before Life Day in a galaxy far, far away. Looking good. Tree, food, decorations. Coming together, heroes were to celebrate the day. Please be a cape. Please be a cape. That's a wrap. For Ray, adventure called, and she thought it would be fast. Wow. But there she found a key to the galaxy's past. A time of joy. This is Ray. A friendship. A family. Where are you guys? Master Skywalker. My son. I mean, my. These binary sons. Yeah, so Brian, it's this story that's all over the place. Uh, fun, fun little idea here where we're following Rey and she gets to jump into, uh, by the means of, you know, some, some portal magic into all the episodes and see all the great Jedi Masters and kind of learn from them. It's it's a fun, fun little mashup of sorts with all kinds of little references and insiders that I thought was cool. Yeah, and it's also about the celebration of Life Day. But more importantly, at least for us, I think, Ethan, mm-hmm. is, is that when you look at something like this, you can't help but think about all of those Lego video games, and in particular, the original Lego Star Wars uh, game, which really sort of set the look and the tone for these sort of endeavors. Yes, and it's so crazy how we do that, right? I, I, I can't look at anything Lego Digital anymore without thinking of the early days and just the effort it takes to get the polygons to to look that way. And the you know, kind of the philosophy and the rules behind how a minifig should should move. I mean, there's just so much that goes into these things. And uh, both of us familiar with the Lego group also knows how much, you know, is is uh, important on their end. They they take great pride in, in being as close as possible to the physical brick, you know, which I think is great. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. And uh, yeah, the representation of the brick in digital form is obviously a huge theme of our podcast, yes. which explains a little bit, I guess, about why that's what we're talking about this episode. Yep. And we reach out to the director, Ken Cunningham, and we asked him all things related to the movie and how it came together. So let's take a listen to that and uh, enjoy. Welcome to our little podcast, Ken. Hey, thanks very much. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and your background. Uh, we'd love to get to know you a little bit and, you know, kind of how you got to this point to be able to direct this fun animated uh, holiday special. <laughs> uh, I guess, like, basically, I've been, I started directing many, many, many years ago, sort of starting in preschool. Um, mm-hmm. I've been at Atomic Cartoons for about four years now. Prior to that, I was living in Toronto and directing at a number of different studios there. Um, made the move to Vancouver. Yeah. Basically was hired by Atomic Cartoons to move out, came out. Mm-hmm. We landed some Lego content. Um, I've been doing that for several years now, starting on Jurassic World. Did about four specials uh, and a series. Have done some Marvel content, uh, Spider-Man and Avengers, and the latest project is the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special, yeah. which, you know, has totally been a, a 
geeky dream come true for me being being a Star Wars kid from the 70s. And uh, yeah, I sort of wonder if like this is the high point of my career, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a fun special. It was great to watch. Um, did you start uh, kind of, you know, like all of us uh, playing, you know, with, with Lego sets growing up? Or do you have a favorite kind of Lego set that you grew up with or a certain period? Um, what was that like for you in your childhood? I mean, your affinity for, you know, the Lego group? Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I mean, you know, back when I was a kid, it was sort of pre the the Lego sets per se, or the you know the licensed sets. Uh, you know, back when I was a kid, it was just you know a small box or a big box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I mean, I loved loved it. I mean, playing with that stuff was great. Uh, I mean, I've also like kind of reacquainted myself with it. Uh, I mean, obviously working on this stuff, but also yeah. like being a father uh, of a ten year old, and she loves Lego bricks. You know, so it's a kind of a connecting point for her and I. Like, she's really big into the Harry Potter sets. We've got a few of those kicking around. And obviously, like, I'm, you know, doing the Star Wars stuff. So we've gotten a couple of Star Wars things too. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And then I've got my own stuff, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm really big, actually, right now on their kind of classic NASA stuff. So I've got the, the Saturn V, and I've got the Lunar Lander, and I've got my eye this Christmas on the uh, International Space Station. Wait, so you, you obviously, you've done, you've done a number of Lego shorts and TV shows. When did you first hear about this idea of, of creating a Lego Star Wars uh, special? How did that sort of come about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was working on uh, the Jurassic series at the time, and it sort of came, you know, came. Well, I had a meeting actually with my sort of head of production, and he said that uh, we were being looked at to do some Star Wars content, uh, that they wanted us to do a test. So we proceeded to do a test, which, you know, they wanted to really see if we could hit that sort of cinematic Star Wars look. And uh, so we sort of dug in on that. I looked really strongly at the films and actually, like, kind of took, at the time, the trailer for the the new uh, game that's coming out in the new year uh, was kicking around. So we looked at the quality of that, which was really awesome. And, uh, yeah, we just sort of pushed as hard as we could. Um delivered a look I was pretty satisfied with, and apparently so was Lucasfilm, because we got the gig. <laughs> wow. So, Ken, how, how would you pitch the movie? How would you describe the movie? How would you, you know, help viewers understand what this movie's about? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a rip-roaring time romp <laughs> through, like, basically all the Star Wars fan favorite moments. You know, we, we're focused on Rey, her journey to, you know, be comfortable being a Jedi Master. Um, yeah and learn from all the other masters who've come before her. Um, I mean, really, a lot of the motivation for the whole thing came from, like, me, like I said earlier, being a Star Wars kid. Like, I was I was one of those kids who was, you know, I, was, I think I was 10 when the first film came out, and I, God, my friends and I, like, we go to see it, like, just over and over. Yeah. Like, I think I saw it probably 20 times in the theater during that first run. Like, and we were allowed at that point, like, you know, like, you could just go to the, the matinee showing and sit through like three showings and it's amazing uh yeah it was awesome yeah so i so i've got to ask like especially because you're of the generation uh and i think ethan and i both are that the the original star wars holiday special came out was there at any time where you were thinking hey, maybe we should recreate that with lego minifigures or maybe we should do like a little bit of a wink and a nod to that original special or, or was it just something you never even thought of touching on 
yeah, that one's complicated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, it did, like, you know, um, but it was it was more just a, a touchstone and a starting point. I mean, and we have stuff in there that, you know, is definitely from it, like the Wookiees and, <laughs> right. you know, being yeah. on the Millennium Falcon <laughs> yeah. with Chewie's family. And Life Day, right? And Life Day, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and, if, you know, and aired on Life Day. I mean, it's yeah. sort of like, yeah, uh, it's funny that that has sort of become you know, canon, uh, yeah. and become kind of a big fan thing, really. That's the main connecting point. Um, it's really more grounded in the more recent films, and obviously, like, you know, all the kind of key, iconic Star Wars moments. Right. I mean, for me personally, like, uh, you know, again, I was probably 11 when that came out, like, and it was just at the time, it was like yeah. more Star Wars, you know? Like, I mean, it was a bit confusing, because it wasn't <laughs> uh, on the same level, obviously, and, but... Uh, at the same time, I was like, wow, more Star Wars. Like, yeah. you know, I just take whatever I could get at that point. It's a very nice way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it it had that awesome uh, Boba Fett cartoon. Right. Yeah, you know, which was really, actually really cool at the time. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's what's so funny. Like, as much as people like to sort of knock it, the reality is, I think an entire generation that watched that right around, you know, the time that the movie had come out, loved it. Like, you know, like you said, we weren't really, you know, I was, I was, yeah. I think, eight when it came out. And I, I, I didn't look at, at it and think, oh, this is terrible. This isn't canon. I just was like, oh, this is, this is great. Yeah. Like you said, more Star Wars, but on TV. Yeah, totally. And so, and like, so in that one, it's celebrating Life Day. You guys touch on Life Day. Did you, did, did you manage to squeeze any sort of Easter eggs in there? Is there anything people should look out for? Or is, is Life Day really the only sort of touch touching point? Oh, from the from the special, really, that's kind of like the touching point. I mean, you know, we've got the we've got the Wookies, we've got Itchy, and um, you know, but yeah, there's not a ton in there that uh, we really picked up on. Um, yeah, and you know, that was by choice, really. Like, uh, it's like I mean, really, like it's a more modern, like it's centered around Ray and Finn, right. and and is that fluidity to be able to jump between the various. Star Wars sagas, um, was that something that you think is kind of in sync with with the video game to be released soon? Is this something that um, kind of helps that in sense of like you can jump into any kind of, you know, episode you want and play and then leave and that kind of thing? Is, is, do you think there's maybe an impetus there or, or is that the origin or how do you interpret uh, that? I wouldn't say it's the origin, but I, like, I, I think it definitely you know, creates a strong connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that, and that's the appeal of a game, right? Like you can you can jump into these narratives and experience them yourself. Um, yeah. And this, you know, the special kind of establishes that as a a storytelling premise. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I think that can connect for sure. Yeah, I watch how my son plays with, you know, Lego bricks and he throws everything together, you know. So this idea that you can play with whatever you want, whenever you want, no matter what, you know, era the set is in, you know, particularly when it relates to Star Wars and it gets more complex with, you know, all the the episodes. Um, so so to me, that was a very fun kind of interactive experience just to jump all around and, and have fun, you know, show up in an elevator, uh, show up on the lap of Luke, you know, there, there's some really fun, fun little kind of insider things and fun little moments that, that you recreated. I thought it was really fun to watch those. Yeah, we, we had so much fun with that. And I mean, you know, <laughs> from like, again, you know, to just 
sort of be the like I kept like commenting gleefully like at various points in the production like you know like it would just my little 10 year old 10 year old heart would be a flutter you know like I remember <laughs> like when I first was starting to do script work and I was like working through the trench run sequence and I was sort of drawing out shots and I had this really weird moment of deja vu like doing a little thumbnail of like the classic down the trench with the x-wing you know coming to camera yeah and just you know having this visceral memory of like drawing that when I was like 10 and 11 you know like <laughs> Um, wow! Yeah, that's and then, cool. And then when I saw, like, you know, the the board when the board got pitched to me, uh, you know, again it was like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is so wow. awesome, you know. And then reviewing yeah. it in lighting, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Did, did yeah. you guys like when you were? I know that with the Lego Movie. Uh, the people over there were using a form of Lego digital designer. I think they called it the Hollywood version uh, to sort of basically build out some of the things they needed to see what they would look like in Lego brick form. Were you guys doing anything like that? Or what sort of sort of uh, tools were you using to create oh, this yeah. stuff? Oh, we, yeah. We absolutely use the, the Lego digital designer. Um, so, you know, uh, to a certain extent, our designers are just like putting digital models together from a huge library of bricks. Um, but then we have to take that and ingest it into our system. So it, it you know, it right. sort of comes into Maya, goes through all our surfacing tools, uh, and, you know, so that it can interact with our, our lighting environment. So, and, and just because I think there are a lot of people who aren't aware of LEGO Digital Designer, just so we can all picture this in our heads, you had designers who were essentially literally putting digital bricks together to build sets, it sounds like, to some degree. Yeah, essentially. I mean, they're basically taking, you know, virtual digitized Lego and clicking it together and putting the pieces together to make something. Um, I mean, frequently they'll be working off, uh, you know, an image from our design team. Right. But the design team, too, will be doing the same thing. So as they're kind of roughing together uh, concepts uh, for the art director and I to look at... Um, you know, they'll they'll also be working digital designer and building these quick little things and then maybe pull them into Photoshop and do a quick paint over over on them to, you know, flesh the idea out. Like like is that if, if from my perspective, that seems so in a very cool way, that seems so weird. <laughs> like <laughs> did, were you like, wow, this is so bizarre that they're doing this? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I mean I've been doing CG for a long time. Um so it sort of seems natural, like we, you know, that like this weird dis disconnection uh, where you're working in a computer. Um, like it's very much like nowadays, like there's very few kind of analog tools used in the digital animation process. Like, um, you know, besides me scribbling on scripts, which even now I basically do on an iPad. Right. Um, you know, the, there's very little paper, pen, or tactile materials used anymore. I mean, that's sort of what I miss about the days when I worked in stop motion is like there were physical sets and physical puppets and, you know, I could walk downstairs and my DP would come into the set and we'd talk about where we were going to put the lights and, yeah. um, you know, like it was, you could reach out and move the puppet around or move the set pieces around against where the camera was sitting. Um, but I mean, that's that's all digital now, you know, like. Yeah, so. it is. So if you if you had tried to do something like this using physical bricks and physical minifigs, would I mean obviously 
completely different thing because it would have been, uh, you know, stop motion in its truest form. But w- w- like, is that even possible? Do you think today with with the s- size of these sets and the way that you guys sort of implement both the bricks and the non-brick uh, backdrops? Yeah, it would be extremely hard due to the scale of the the actual minifigs themselves versus yeah, yeah like how big. I mean, I like based on the sort of like because there's limitations to what we can do digitally based on sort of memory size of a scene file. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we can't just build on forever either. Like, there's sort of a, a memory limit to what we're allowed to do. So we have to, like, you know, early on when we're talking through logistics, uh, usually when we're putting together, like, the asset list and stuff, uh, you know, we sort of talk through what the implications of certain sets are and you know what we're what we are going to build, and then I have to like work with my storyboard artist to work within the framework of those limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the real you know to like to do you know true stop mode that would sort of meet meet the level of the Lego films is it's really more down to like the small size of the minifigs and uh, right, right. you know rigging that stuff up and the, and like the 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 physical limits of of the minifigs themselves more than anything else it's awesome yeah um i think what's fascinating and i'm sure ethan you you probably have the same feelings about it but like yeah. it's interesting that you can trace back to sort of the root of Lego Digital Designer, to basically everything in terms of uh, motion, at least that that the Lego Group and Lego Bricks are are sort of dealing with. So, Lego Digital Designer is now sometimes used for actually designing sets, and they use it for sometimes for instructions. They use it for video games or movie using it for movies. I, I think that's really fascinating. Uh, uh, just the, that use. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And, and I mean, it's cool because you can. Anybody can download it off the internet, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's 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 actually becoming something too, where I feel like we're becoming more and more um, kind of literate with it, in the sense that it's no longer this kind of clunky tool that struggles with you know polygon count. But I mean, even downloading on my laptop and and playing it and using it, um, you become a little bit more fluid and versatile with it, and it feels like, yeah, building in this space is fine. Um, that's something I don't think was happening, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. You know, granted technology, but also just, I think the concept of doing it uh, digitally wasn't, wasn't really a thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, like the... Um I mean, this is a thing we deal with in our industry where, like, just the tools are constantly and constantly getting better. Yeah. So, you know, even, like, four or five years ago, like, series I worked on then, um, mm-hmm. you know, the technical limitations we were dealing with are all kind of, like, just blown out of the water at this point. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of constantly able to, like, which is great for, you know, somebody like me, like, where it's, you're constantly able to kind of push the look of what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it just makes our ability to do more ambitious projects. So I want to talk a little bit about these rules. Uh, You know, the Lego group has tons of rules. And then, you know, you go back to doing Lego Jurassic World, Lego Marvel Spider-Man. So you come with all this experience, I think, working with the Lego group. And now you're throwing in, you know, Lucasfilm. And you've got two, you got a huge IP and you've got a very strong brand with a lot of rules. Um, How did you navigate that? Was there like daily handoffs? Did you have to get everything approved? Uh, I mean, how was that working for you? 
Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a heavy approval process. Uh, I mean, pretty much every asset goes in front of the Lego group. Um, mm-hmm. Less so, uh, like, Lucasfilm defers to them on a lot of that stuff, like yeah. on, on an asset level, or, you know, anything that's basically Lego brand related. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the Lucasfilm side, it's sort of more, you know, they're, they're obviously, uh, their main concern is the Star Wars brand. Uh, so... You know, that's where a lot of that insight comes from. And then I just, uh, we don't do daily handoffs, but I sort of do a weekly creative call. um, Mm -hmm. And we talk through, I basically come into the meeting with any questions I have or anything that I want to, you know, do and put forward and pitch to them. um, Any reactions to notes, uh, you know, we just sort of hash through everything sort of that is kind of most uh, current to what, we're doing in production on that week, say. That's awesome. Uh, I, I think about, um, you know, just what it takes to pull this off. And one of the things that you talked about, too, is this idea that um, the Lego group, you know, wants certain things to be very clear in in how you represent the brand, right? So, yeah. Like the Lego logo on the studs, um, different things. But then I also saw some really interesting things um, in in the film, which was, for example, when Ray, you know, sits down and meditates. Um, there was a shot where I thought, oh, that's interesting. Um, there's there's certain like uh, Lego minifig representations where it's like, oh, there's there's a little bit of liberty taken there. I don't have to see every little, you know, uh, clutch or or stud or things like that. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Was that something too that that seemed to be a little bit fluid in in how you were able to be creative with the Lego brand? Yeah, I mean, we. Uh... Like, there's a line we draw. Like, I guess mm-hmm. uh, we sort of have this sort of 70-30 rule of, like, 70% Lego to 33 or 30% organic, yeah, quote-unquote. <laughs> yeah. Although that organic is frequently, like, something that, you know, looks like it is also plastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, like, and if there's any, like, we get... Sorry, I'm like being super inarticulated here. Uh, <laughs> basically, well, it's like such an we, exciting question, well, like, isn't it? You know, there's like, you know, if there's a physical problem that comes up that we need to get around, I'll flag it and kind of we'll talk through how we think we can solve the problem and kind of you get a yay or nay on that. Uh, or, you know, sometimes it's like comes down to like a scale issue. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you take, say, like the Star Destroyer and you scale it up and those studs um, start to kill the idea of scale. Uh, so sometimes there's places where you want to strip strip them off. No. Um, there are rules around, you know, they don't they don't want minifigs walking on studs. So if I have yeah. a surface that is a actual Lego set uh, mm-hmm. that maybe has studs in it, but I need to walk a character through, we'll remove those studs. And like so there's a yeah, there's a fluidity, absolutely. And it it basically comes down to the needs of the story more than anything else. Well, and that makes sense. Like you don't want them getting stuck. Exactly, because the little you know, the little feet would get. Yeah. yeah, you'd have to get out the it's orange all, tool. It's all over. <laughs> and then the union, the, the union gets upset, and yeah. that's right. Yes, who exactly. moved who? What's going on? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite moment in the film? Um, there's so many fun little exchanges. Um, I can see. I'm excited to watch it with my five year old. Um, I can see him laughing at various points, probably even out loud, and and just enjoying it. Do you have favorite moments and segments from from the film? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I love the 
the portal jumping sequence where we're kind of going through, you know, all these yeah. iconic moments. Uh, but I honestly, I think my favorite moment is, um, you know, when Ray, uh, after Ray talks to Yoda and mm-hmm. she builds her own portal. Uh, <laughs> that for me, like just because, I mean, as as somebody working in animation and particularly North American animation, you know, the the frame in which you're working is children's material. Um, yeah. So you don't frequently get a chance to do emotional uh, work. Um, mm-hmm. And that for me, that's a really emotional scene. And uh, yeah, it, it, I think we pulled it off pretty well. So uh, yeah. that's, I think, one of my favorite moments, honestly. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's awesome. I also love the fact that Yoda's narrating, and you kind of have to put the sentences together. I mean, I thought there couldn't be a more complicated Yoda, um, yeah. where I'm like, wait, what is he saying? Oh, yeah, it's a Yoda sentence. Um, it's all backwardsy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. D- did you have to rewrite that several times? Like, okay, I think we really lost him here, because that sentence makes no sense the way it's put together. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, uh, his stuff went through like a lot of rewrites and pickups for sure just well and just like also just in terms of like you start to when you you know when we first put an assembly of the whole thing together like we were way long so we have to like start to you know cut time and decide what Mm -hmm. can go and you know and frequently those connecting moments needed to get kind of trimmed down so then we'd have to like rewrite what he was saying to make those connection moments work how big's the team there? Uh, I'm just curious what your studio is like. I, I, I apologize that we didn't ask that up front, but I, I want to hear about how many people are working on this, and because uh, you know that this is a lot of time and energy, and just a, probably an army of people putting this together and uh, you know giving it their all. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, at Atomic, my crew—I mean, it ranges really uh, depending on what part of production we're in, but like. I think, you know, when we're sort of like up and fully running, we'll be at around, a, like, or at peaks, we're at around 130 people just on the Lego uh, content. Um, uh, right now, I can't even, like, due to COVID, I'm not even sure, like, where we're at. But, like, studio-wide, I think we're around, what was the last number I heard? Uh, over 500. Wow. Uh, 550, maybe closing on 600. Oh, wow. But, again, that, that fluctuates, you know, based yeah. on... Um, so what, really an army. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Well, this is this has been really a uh, fascinating conversation, but uh, unfortunately we, we have run out of time. Uh-huh. Um, I want to thank you so much again for joining us, Ken. Um, can you remind us again, where can we find the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special? Where can people watch it? Yeah, it's streaming on Disney+. Plus. Excellent. And is there is there a, a window of time that people have to catch it, or do you know? No, I mean, I, I think it'll be evergreen at this point. I know, like, I know Disney Plus is trying to push it through the holiday season. Like, they're, so they'll be sort of pushing it through, uh, you know, through to the new year. I don't know if it'll stay on. Like, I, I know their plan is that it hopefully becomes kind of like a, an annual thing. So I don't know if they'll, like, take it down, you know, for the rest of the year and then put it up every right. holiday or mm-hmm. whether they're just going to leave it up. Very cool. Um, well, I hope you, uh, listeners, have enjoyed listening to this uh, little holiday reprieve and that you stick around to continue listening to the podcast that we have. Uh, we've got some great episodes coming up, right, Ethan? Yep, we sure do. It's, 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 been a fun, it's been a fun chat. I really appreciate your time, Ken. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, absolutely. A pleasure. Again, thanks for joining us. Thank you. 
Well, so there you have it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was great, and, and Ken had such a fun way of talking about the movie. Um, I, I think everyone should take a look at that and have fun time together and just enjoy this, this special season. Yes, and make sure you come back next week when we return to our regular episodes, Yes. which we hope are going to be fascinating to you. Uh, and with that, uh, happy holidays from our families to yours. Bits and Bricks is made possible by LEGO Games. Our producer is Ronnie Scher. Your hosts are Ethan Vincent and Brian Crescente. Episode producing and editing by Ethan Vincent. Writing by Brian Crescente. Mixing and sound design by Dan Carlisle. Original music by Peter Primer. We'd like to thank our participant, Ken Cunningham, and his entire team at Atomic Cartoons and other studios for their work on the LEGO Star Wars Holiday Special. We'd also like to acknowledge the entire LEGO Games team, as well as the great folks at the LEGO Idea House for their support. For questions or comments, write us at bitsandbricks@lego.com. And as always, stay tuned for more episodes of Bits and Bricks. <laughs>